The Jazz tonight go back to the three-point shooting game. They take 45 of their shots as threes, and they make 40%. I always say that, Ron, the more they take, the closer they'll get to their average. And they did it again tonight. When they have taken over 45 threes in a night, they have not really had that many bad shooting nights because, one, you're probably in rhythm, but two, eventually you get to your numbers. What a ball game. Another I kind of enjoyed this game. Oh, well, yeah, because yeah. it was 134 to 123 rather than a slug play. Well, well, yeah, but what we saw was some, some great play out of Harris and, and Simmons. I mean, they really put the attack mode. I mean, they, they got, the, got things done. Jazz patiently, patiently, just This, this is what I done. admire about you. Not to make it about you, but I'm going to make it about you before we join Tim and Jake. We're in an era, particularly where there's a bunch of guys who sit on a desk at TNT and have the largest audience of anyone, and all they do is criticize the modern player. Mm. And you do the opposite every night. What we saw tonight was how incredible Ben Simmons is. Yeah. We, Tobias Harris is not a marquee player in this league. He was pretty unguardable in what he was doing. Jordan Clarkson's not a marquee player in this league. He dropped 40. Like, the amount of talent in this league is overwhelming. And yes... The rules have changed, and the game's evolved, and it's got more spacing. But these guys are unguardable with their athleticism and their skills. And the last thing about it is you can complain about this or that, about 45 threes a game. They made 40%. Like the old era that nobody could shoot? No, no. Everyone can shoot. <laughs> and it'd be a different story if it wasn't a popular shot. Right. You know, and, and I tell people this all the time, is that that three-point shot is... is probably equal to a dunk now you know the dunk was something that people would get on their feet when they thought someone was going to dunk the basketball now it's it's the three-point bomb you know and and teams are seem to be using it and that's what i enjoy about it is that they're using it and use the jazz as an example i mean they're just not running up and down the floor casting up three-point shots i mean there's a method to getting those type of three-point shots that they're getting and it's Reward. And there's a really interesting one, Tim Lacombe and Jake Scott now join us. There has now become a direct correlation where I can look at the box score at a given night and either see the amount of threes we took or the amount of points or shots Rudy took, and I'll know the answer to the other. So if we take 45 threes, it means they took Rudy away at the rim. So we take 45 threes. And on nights where we take 24 threes, it means Rudy got like 12 points and 20 got like 20 rebound, 20 points because they took Rudy away. They took allowed Rudy to go to the rim because they took the three away, Tim. And this team just is unbelievable at reading the situation every night. Yeah, they're, they're doing such a great job at, you know, again, tonight they take a, a big-time shot from, from Philly. Really, Philly looked like they were shot out of a cannon first quarter. Um, and like you said, so impressed with, man, Simmons can get wherever he wants to go uh, at any time. The Jazz, you know, had to had to kind of make a, a decision on the fly with no Embiid, and I thought there was maybe a little bit of confusion as expected. Like you mentioned, there was ball screens that weren't probably covered, and, and so all that stuff as it happened, um, great adjustments were, were made, but I think the line that you guys used and I would echo is no panic. Um, they did not come down and try to, you know, get back in the game in one fell swoop. They, they understand, and I think, you know, Coach Snyder's done a great job of instructing them possession by possession, right? And we get in there at halftime and we'll make some adjustments. 
The uh, the Tobias, for those who are just tuning in, this is why you listen to the radio. Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons pick and roll, what they probably run in the first quarter about 12 times. Yeah, they've run it 22 times with Tobias Harris as the ball handler all season long before tonight. They had run it 39 times all season long with Ben Simmons as the ball handler. This team just came out and ran pick and roll on every play tonight. They don't run pick and roll. Shake Milton is their only guy that runs pick and roll, and their next guy who runs pick and roll is like Tyrese Maxey. They don't run pick and roll with Ben Simmons because it's like that's they. It'll be very interesting, I think, to watch Philly. The rest of the way, because one of their big problems has been that they've had all these problems with their bench unit, and they can't—they don't have enough power throughout the game. If I'm Doc Rivers and I watch this game tonight, I'm changing my rotation and playing Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris together as a pick and roll combination, and making either with my bench unit and then letting Joel Embiid play with my star. I, I don't know how I'm doing it, but I—I I think Philly may have discovered something tonight. Yeah, they need to create some. I mean, that's the depth issue, right? That's that's their and injuries. They've had a couple dudes that have not. Uh, you know, been there the entire time, but uh, agreed. I, I, I think, you know, through tough, maybe a tough loss, they actually found something to help them. I was saying to Ron, Jake, that my favorite pastime is now listening to your guys' show or watching Twitter to see what everybody has to say about the Jazz, but I, I think Doc Rivers is going to talk about how proud he is of his team tonight. I don't think I don't think we're going to get the, the great Doc. You know, we've gotten a quote from just about every coach yeah. about what they think of the Jazz. I don't think we're getting that tonight. I think Doc is going to really talk about Dwight Howard and talk about Tobias and Ben Simmons and how great they were. They've lost three in a row, and he's going to have to keep this positive. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right, David. I, I was texting with a buddy who, uh, who doesn't miss a second of, of jazz basketball, and it was at the end of the third quarter. And I said, uh, Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris are having their best games of the season, and the Jazz at the time were still up 12. I, I'm with Boone. What, what Boone said earlier, this was a really fun game to watch. Like, both teams played uh, it's so hard. And that zone, they both were playing zone in the fourth quarter trying to find answers. And I, I don't know. I'm just – this was a – Philadelphia didn't play badly, obviously. I mean, that's the hot take of the night, right? They didn't play badly, and the Jazz still won going away. I mean, what can we take right. from that? Philadelphia only had one possession in the entire um, fourth quarter, though, that was them with the ball within two possessions, by the way. Hmm. Like, let's not – let's, like – they fought, they battled, it was great. Like, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure I know Quinn well enough. He'll be like, well, what about this? What? No, no, no. Like, it wasn't quite a check the box, as Tim Lacombe wants to say, but Philadelphia only had one possession after the – they only had one possession in the second half where they were within two possessions. Yeah, I mean, after that first onslaught, it was just systematic. Right. Well, the Jazz the- score on the first possession of the – Second, it's a six-point game, and the Jazz score first. And then Philadelphia doesn't get it within six. So they only had one possession with the ball within two possessions in the second half. I think I'm going to refer to this as the Jordan Clarkson game from here on out. man. He's incredible. Unbelievable. So, I mean, the superlative, you know, they just continue, but he might be one of my favorite Jazz guys of all time. It's just because he just goes out there and does it every stinking night. I mean, it's just amazing. Well, uh, David, I don't, you're calling a game, so you don't have your eye on Twitter, but uh, Bobby Marks tweeted out 15 minutes ago. He said, the Jordan Clarkson trade from 2019 will go down as one of the best transactions in recent memory. Clarkson now up to 40 points as the clear leader in the clubhouse for sixth man of the year. And Bobby Marks, of course, former NBA general manager, now works for ESPN. But I mean, uh, he was a part of the greatest trade of the history of the NBA. The uh, what the the Boston trade with yeah he just was on the wrong side. yeah he was on the wrong end <laughs> um, of it 
<laughs> uh, Clarkson's the first player with 40 points off the bench in fewer than 30 minutes since one of the kid players I was in my backyard, Sleepy Floyd. Oh, Sleepy Eric, Floyd. Eric Sleepy That's Floyd. Right. Eric Sleepy Floyd did it uh, in 1991 in fewer than 30 minutes. Um, all right, so would you guys like a topic for a talk show or would you like a topic for your postgame show? Oh, I mean, greatest trade, forget Gordon. Let's talk greatest trade show. in jazz history. Jeff Hornacek for Jeff Malone or Jordan Clarkson for Dante Exum. You know what? Uh, interestingly enough, we've had a similar com- conversation. I, I think you still have to go Hornacek, right? Cause that put him on the, the kind of championship level, right? And Jeff Malone was slowing down and didn't do a whole lot for Philly subsequently. TBD. Very similar. Frankly. No, it really yeah, is. Yeah, it is kind of, kind of it's similar. Kind of the, it? It, what, it's what launched the team into that yes. conversation. Remember, the Jazz had the number one offense in the NBA um, from December 24th to the bubble last year after they added Clarkson. And we, we watched it early when he wasn't here. and, and It was not, it's not, no, Jeff, not as good. The Jeff Green, Dante Exum bench unit was not not, ter- not, not terrific. Not, that trade not. was that trade to borrow a phrase from my friend was round ball robbery. I've heard that before. I think he might have borrowed it from one of his friends. Okay. Well, I liked that one today. Okay. You made me chuckle. All right. Sounds good. Congrats, Dave. Another one. Another. They're good. Nin- by the way, 19 of 20 has only happened once before in jazz history. 1997. 97 yep. Jazz, who closed the year 30 and 4 at one point in that process. I think 120 of 21. So we'll have to try to equal that against the Clippers. But this is this oh, is that's the, no big deal. This is the second best, or equal to the best of two stretches of basketball ever. David, on a on a personal note, if you go skiing tomorrow, careful with those avalanches. Saw some uh, some I only significant stay reports. Inbounds. Yeah, yeah, it's probably a good idea. You want you want the you want the great story on that one? Let's hear it. A little person. Yeah. So I used to do a little backcountry, and we had a child, and I went backcountry skiing, and I came home, and my wife said, "How was it?" I said, "It was amazing. It was totally incredible." She said, "Okay, that's fine, and if it's that great and that important to you, you're welcome to keep doing it, but you need to understand that was the worst six hours of my life." (laughs) That put an end to that. So I'm not a total jerk. Yeah. No. You can read the room. You got it. You so, got the message. I actually thought it was very nice, personal way for her to say that. Yep. Like, you're welcome to do you, but when you're doing you, this is what it does to me. Well, a couple of feet in the next 24 hours yeah, is what I was nuts. reading. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, yeah. I saw you shredding with your with your father. Is that just the greatest? Uh, the filming job was pretty amazing. Oh, when I was behind him? Yeah. yeah. But then, like, yesterday, he was, uh, like, we were in, like, 14 inches of powder at Solitude, and I had to, like, talk him out of going to the backcountry. Is he an octogenarian? He, what is an octogenarian? Person who is 80 or... He's 81. Okay, so he's an octogenarian. He's 81 and, like, probably took 15 runs yesterday. And made Sweet. it look really, really nice Sweet. on the on the tape. Yeah, so, anyway. No, he's great. It's, like, I actually, he, like, I had to be, like, no, you cannot go into Honeycomb. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but. I was, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, you... The only problem he has is if he falls, he really can't get up as well as he once could. Isn't it crazy now? We're giving our parents the orders. No, right, right. It's just crazy. Well, the cool part about around. that day, by the way, is I also had my 15-year-old daughter was willing to wake. Or now yeah, 16, I saw the three generations. 16-year-old daughter. Give her, give her a birthday. She just had. She was willing to, to her credit, she was willing to wake up in early, like, 
five something in the morning and uh, go go with Papa and, and Dad. It's the best I've ever seen her ski, too, so that was really cool because she was killing it. Woo! Pretty sweet. You pay enough money for your kids, they can ski, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. We'll enjoy it. All right. We were like 19 and 20. Ho-hum, another win. Let's just talk about David skiing. <laughs> All right. It is 19 and 20. Thanks, David. <laughs> 134 to 123 is your final. We're breaking it down next right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz make it 19 out of 20. They beat the Sixers tonight, 134 to 123. Jordan Clarkson. Coming in off the bench, 40 points on 13 of 20 shooting. Just incredible. He was 8 of 13 for 3, sets a new franchise record with eight three-pointers made. And the Jazz uh, withstand 42 tonight from Ben Simmons and 36 from Tobias Harrison. Still win by double figures. Amazing. Uh, Clarkson was unbelievable. And it got to the point where he would, a couple of the after he made his first couple of you, and I just chuckle every time. He'd make one because he's he just he had that look to him tonight that he was going to do something like that, and um, you know the guys were great at getting him shots. He ended up getting twenty shots, thirteen of them from three. Um, but that's one thing you love about this team. They definitely go with the hot hand. Uh, they see when they have an advantage, and they see when a guy's got it going, and they get him the ball. Well, and Donovan still had twenty four tonight, uh, nine of twenty four shooting, two of eight from three. Uh, and uh, Joe Ingles with 20 points to go along with five assists. So, And then you had 11 apiece from Royce, Bogey, and uh, Rudy Gobert. So it's, it's you know, everybody, I, you want to say everybody played well tonight, and you look at the stats and it kind of backs that up, but it certainly was a team effort overcoming monstrous performances from the two top guys on the Sixers. It was a really interesting game from the standpoint that both teams really kind of did majority of what they wanted to do offensively. And, and it, there wasn't a whole lot of trick to it. Um, right. You know, particularly, I thought the 76ers came out and just, like, their whole thing was just, they just punched people in the mouth. Uh, they went right to the rim. They got on an unbelievably good streak. And uh, the Jazz were playing catch-up. But to their credit, you know, again, didn't panic, just continued to grind out possession by possession, got themselves back, got the lead. But it was weird to be kind of in a game in the fourth quarter. It was. And, you know, it's kind of funny because I think we've got our brains tricked into, you know, thinking things are closer than they are. And it is pretty amazing there. You know, the Jazz pushed it to double digits and pretty much kept it there the entire game. And uh, when Philly pretended to sneak into it for a couple of seconds, Royce O'Neal, who hadn't hit a three all night, cans two. And next thing you know, it's over. Yeah, The second one he hit was such great ball movement and great trust by Donovan. Uh, you know, he understood that the help was shading toward him, and he knew that Royce would be able to get a shot off if he could deliver the ball quickly. And he did the little underhand scoop pass, and, and Royce knocked it in. But, um, you know, Royce played really hard tonight, played great, but he, he made those shots late. And, man, if you're, he's going to make them in, uh, in that substantive moment, man. That's, that's just another great thing that that guy can do for you. Yeah, and you can tell the team. I mean, the team just has confidence in each other. I mean, you see it after they, they make these big shots. They just knew it was going in, and... Um, you know, Philadelphia, you heard Locke talk about during the broadcast, they've been a really good team in the clutch and in close games this year, and Jazz just didn't let it back in it. And at times it didn't seem like they had an answer for Ben Simmons, but it really didn't matter. No, it didn't matter. And um, as good as he had it going, 
you know, the one thing they, they made eight threes tonight. Harris was actually really good from out there. Uh, Mike Scott hit his only two shots and, and green got loose for one, but for the most part, um, they really understood what the, the attack was going to be with no Embiid, and it ended up being that. And as the game got on, went on, the Jazz and their uh, adjustments really handled that much better. All right, the hottest team in the league wins again. The Jazz beat the 76ers 134-123. to The Jazz will now try to keep it rolling. Coming up on, uh, let's see here, Wednesday night, they'll be in L.A. to take on the Clippers that game will uh, tip off at 8 o'clock. So with that, we'll say goodnight to our network stations. For those of you sticking around with us, we have post-game sound for you, and we'll continue to break this one down next as Jazz win again right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night post-game show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. 134-123 is your final. Jazz beat the Philadelphia 76ers behind a monumental performance from Jordan Clarkson. Sets the new franchise record with eight three-pointers made, eight of 13 from three at 40 points, 13 of 20 shooting from the field overall. Donovan Mitchell added 24. Joe Ingles had 20 to go along with five assists. In fact, uh, uh, let's look at your sharp stats of the game brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. The Jazz shot 40, or excuse me, 52.3% from the field, 40% from three, 18 of 45. Uh, Rudy Gobert added 11 points, nine rebounds, a couple of assists. He had two block shots as well. Royce O'Neal had 11 and eight. He had three steals and three assists as well. Bogdanovich with, uh, with 11 points. Uh, in addition to uh, Clarkson's 40 coming off the bench, Derek Favors added eight. For Philly, they shot 50% from the field, 34.8% from three, eight of 23. They were led by Ben Simmons, 42 points on 15 of 26 shooting. It's his career high. He had 12 assists and nine rebounds as well. He also went to the line 13 times, 12 and 13 from the line. And uh, Tobias Harris was excellent as well, 36 points on 14 of 24 shooting. Tobias also added 10 rebounds. And, uh, you know, the Sixers, Tim, missed Joel Embiid. There's no doubt. I mean, he's a great player. But I don't think those two players in Harrison Simmons do what they did tonight if Embiid's out there. No, I don't think so. You know, he, he's going to take a third of the possessions that he's on the floor. And I, I really actually felt like the, the way they attacked the Jazz, just basically between Harris and Simmons, whoever brought the ball up, just kind of dribbled it. You know, they did get into some pick and roll, but a lot of isolation just from the jump and – uh, you know, that really worked well for the 76ers and knocked the Jazz back on their heels a little bit. Uh, so I, I agree with you. I think that they, they had that big night, uh, but a big part of the, their numbers being that way were no Embiid. With the win, the Jazz now are 23-5. and five. They are two full games ahead of the Los Angeles Lakers in the Western Conference and have the best record in the league by two full games. Philly falls to 18-10. and 10. They remain a game and a half ahead of Philadelphia, or excuse me, ahead of Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference. But uh, with the news about Anthony Davis, and it was a, a strained calf, it was not the Achilles that everybody feared, but he's going to miss some time. It'll be interesting to see if the Jazz can build a little bit of a buffer between them and the other teams in the West. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, you know, the the I'm glad it's not anything really major serious. Uh, but right now, uh, he's going to be on the shelf, at least for the foreseeable future. 
And um, it makes, again, all these games really, really important because there's uh, the more distance you can put between you and them, <laughs> the better you are. All right, let's uh, let's get some post-game sound. Let's start with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Okay, Chris and Kenny, Jazz TV. Our second unit tonight. We're not having much luck today. Okay, we'll try her later. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Uh, so, Q, um, Jordan obviously was, was pretty huge for you guys tonight, uh, just two points off of his career high. What can you say just about the spark that he was able to give you in that first quarter and, and the way he was able to continue it for the rest of the game? Well, I thought, you know, first of all, Philadelphia, they played, they played great. I mean, um, you know, it took us making some big plays at the end of the game, but, you know, Ben Simmons and Tobias and Dwight Howard on the glass. Um, and that you, you could see it from the beginning of the game. Uh, I didn't think our defense was too porous early and they were getting to the rim. You know, we struggled to protect the paint. And, you know, when Jordan came in and, you know, had the performance that he had, um, you know, we've seen that obviously before, um, but that was, you know, another level. Um, I thought it, it, it kept us in the game where, you know, halftime, whatever, even, even early, especially where we were within striking distance in the first half because of the way those guys um, came in and played. And, you know, him in particular, obviously with, with his, you know, He's not bashful, and we don't want him to be. Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Follow up on that, and Quinn, I'm not being facetious when I ask this. How many players have you been around that have the confidence that Jordan Clarkson has? Well, it's unique, I think, um, especially – I'd have to think about it, and I may not be able to give you anybody. But I I think, you know, the the mix – that, that he has of his aggressiveness, both from the three-point line and at the rim. We've really talked a lot about, you know, his ability to, to shoot threes as opposed to, you know, settling um, for the mid-range when he's he's so good at the rim. And one of the things he's doing is when he does get in the paint, um, you know, he's such a good finisher, but he's also, you know, he's got his eyes out. And, you know, we want his eyes on the rim, um, but he's also been unbelievably unselfish. And as you said, um, you know, I believe in him and his teammates believe in him. And, you know, that that's, you know, he's confident to begin with, but I think that takes him um, to a really good place mentally. And I just like the things, the other things he's trying to do as well. I think the way that he's thrown himself into the game, you know, you see him on the offensive glass, um, you see him trying to defend, you know, I think that just, that helps, you know, that helps him stay focused and, you know, he doesn't meet need, he doesn't need to be too open, you know, to, to be aggressive and shoot the ball. And that's what we want. That's what his teammates want to. And Anderson, KSLsports.com. Quinn, low, uh, Royce's low post defense specifically has been pretty fabulous over the last, I mean, pretty much all season. Is that something you teach him? Has he just learned that because he's had so many matchups? What is it? Well, I, I think, you know, I think he's gotten better um, guarding different situations. And he's, you know, whether it's guarding Simmons times tonight um, or Harris, 
know, he guarded onto the compo the other night as well as Jimmy Butler. You know, and all those players are different. And as you mentioned, I, I think the thing that he does the most on the post is he just competes. And, you know, he's relentless with his competitiveness. And, you know, we, we had a chance to speak yesterday um, because I, I think he's so crucial to our team. And what he was able to do late in the game, you know, we want him. We talk about Jordan and obviously, you know, what Jordan did tonight was special. Um, but what Royce did, you know, having the confidence to keep shooting the ball um, and make those two big threes late, you know, that was tremendous. And, you know, you, you notice every time, you know, the ball gets swung to him, he's open. Guys want him to shoot. And that's what he did. And, you know, that shows his mental toughness and it shows his teammates and his coaches belief in him. Chris and Kenny. Hey, Coach, you're not just winning games, but you're getting these big leads and stringing together these big runs. What do you attribute that to? Well, I wish we would have got a better lead tonight early. Um, but I think, you know, I, I think we're connected for one thing. So, you know, when we when, when teams do teams, you know, we're playing really good teams. And um, when they go on runs against us, um, we're able to withstand them. Um, you know, I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. You know, I think everybody, you know, likes the way we're playing. Um, but I've said it before, I'll say it again. Um, you know, we're just trying to get better. And, you know, if we do get a lead, part of it is learning to play with a lead. Um, and tonight it was taking a punch and continuing to, to, to compete in battle. Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Quinn, what are some of the things you guys think you, you you think you could have done better defensively against, especially Ben Simmons tonight? I think at the beginning of the game, Andy, um, you know, he just had he had too much space in transition. And, you know, there's a lot of times that he'll drive the ball and he's so big, he's finding shooters, whether it's Harris or Curry or Green. Um, tonight, he I think he attacked the rim more early. Um, you know, I, I think with, he, he felt the game and, you know, then, so we, we had to get back, um, and, and show him more of a crowd and just, you know, have a, make, make it harder for him to see a drive to, to, to deter him basically. And then, you know, the other thing is his ability to get to the line. Um, you know, we could have fouled him less. It's easy for me to sit here and say that. Um, but, you know, I thought he got to the line. That was one thing that we wanted to do a better job keeping off the line. And obviously late, you know, when, when we, we, he, was, uh, he was posting up, um, it's really difficult to help off Seth Curry. It's difficult to help off Green and particularly the way Tobias is playing too. So, um, you know, maybe we could help a little more from our bigs. You know, I, I think um, it, it's more collective that – Rudy's got to come over a little sooner. We got to protect Rudy on the boards. That's probably, you know, the chain reaction because um, he gets that deep in the post and he's got that jump hook. It's, it's, you know, it's virtually impossible to block that shot. Um, so maybe we give each other a little more help. Um, but really, as much as anything, you know, tip your hat. Um, at, at certain times, it was good defense and it was better offense. David Aldridge, The Athletic. When uh, Giannis said the other day um, after after your game that he thought you all were playing with a lot of joy, and I wonder if, if you see that manifest uh, with your squad right now in terms of how the ball's moving and how the joint sacrifices are going defensively. 
Yeah, who said that, David? I'm gonna, Giannis. 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 Yeah, um, yeah I, I think, you know, sharing the ball is emblematic of that. Um, I think, you know, I think Jordan said it, you know, a couple weeks ago even that, you know, and I mentioned it the other night, there, there are shots. I, I don't think guys are um, thinking about, you know, their, their shots. And as a result, you know, I think those shots become easier because people want each other to take them. Um, more than anything, you know, when you're defending, that's something really you have to do collectively. And, you know, when you, you see guys having each other's back, um, but maybe the biggest thing is our communication, um, you know, in, in timeouts um, and, and really on the court. You know, it's one thing to communicate in dead ball situations, free throws, timeouts. But our guys are doing a really good job of, uh, of supporting each other, talking to each other about, you know, little things and adjustments that they want to make in the game. So I, I think anytime you throw yourself completely into a team, you know, you get rewarded for it. And it's fun, you know, to, to be a part of something that's bigger than any one guy individually. That's, you know, one of the special things about team sports, you know, because you get to share what you're doing with other people. And, you know, our guys are working and they're trying to get better. And um, sometimes being in the moment and focusing like that, you know, is it, it helps you play well. Last question, David James, KUTV. Quinn, Jordan plays with such energy. Do you have to watch his minutes? Is there a point of diminishing returns with him? Have you seen anything there, or do you just let him go? I, I let him go. <laughs> you know, we talked about it the other day. I've got to be crazy to take him out sometimes at the end of the quarter, the end of the game. Um, but that's a rhythm that we're in. Um, and that's not to say there aren't games who he will finish, you know. Um, but he has such, I, it goes a little bit to, you know, David's question that, you know, I, I think um, it's easy to be upset or when you come out of the game and any, any player feels that, and that's natural. Um, and, you know, that's something that we kind of laughed about just me telling him that, you know, uh, I appreciate him at least hiding it when he comes out. Um, but again, I, I think, you know, he, he trusts the guys that, that are playing, you know, in front of him, when I say in front of him, I mean in the minutes category um, because he isn't starting the game. But more than anything, I, I think he takes great pride um, in those situations. So even if he gets a little fatigued, um, you know, I think he's, he's mentally tough enough and he, he just loves to play. I mean, that that's probably the biggest thing. And when you're playing and you love to play, you don't really feel tired. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate your time. Okay. There you go. That's Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Boy, he covered a lot of uh, very interesting ground right there. I think my favorite part, uh, Tim, where he started briefly to complain about how many times they fouled Ben Simmons and then he caught himself. He's like, well, that's easy for me to say. <laughs> no, it is. When there's a big guy barreling down at you like he was and and the guy's great at, at creating contact. Uh, but I agree. I thought, you know, his his comment was if they had to do it all over again, you know, the space and transition really is what got him started. And when he sees big lanes and big alleys to the basket, it's like a, you know, a merging ramp to the freeway because that is absolutely what he's looking for is to get as deep as he can. Well, and he's 6'9". He's super athletic. He's he's 
you he know, had some creative finishes tonight. Too, he did over the head and that and hook shot. Uh, and Quinn Snyder mentioned it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, how do you, how do you really guard that? That's that's so tough. And the Jazz tried a number of different things. I I personally thought that Royce O'Neal was probably the most effective, although they played the big on him for most of the game. Yeah, Royce did a good job. There were two or three times stood out to me where he tried to to back Royce down, and Royce just stood him right up. And he ended up taking two shots from just a little bit outside his comfort zone, and that's what you know. That's where you got to get him to play. And Royce just continues to do uh, the stuff nobody else wants to do: guard the toughest guy and do a great job doing it. You've heard his teammates, uh, and we'll see if we hear it again tonight. But the uh, last couple of games start to throw out the whole uh, all defensive team thing out there into the wind. See if that uh, sticks. But I mean, this this team really. Quinn Snyder talked about it in the pregame that this is his second full year starting and. They really need somebody who plays his role. I mean, he wasn't quite the master of the glass tonight, but he went out and nabbed another eight boards. Yeah, he just does a little bit of everything, and then to boot, he he ices the game with his shots. And uh, Royce has had a phenomenal year, and is just a he's just an absolutely perfect. Uh, I guess you would call him the fifth option on this team. But man, what an absolute weapon! That just talks about how how, how much depth there is on this team. And he he makes those shots at a at a clip where you oh, have yeah. to guard him. Absolutely. You have to pay attention to him. And if you don't, he's going to nail it. Yep. And it's, it's, I mean, we saw it for so many years. I don't mean to, you know, replay history or anything, but in those lineups where they played, you know, Rudy, Derek, and, and Ricky Rubio, we just saw the opposite of it so much where you just left those guys and they could never really make you pay. And you can't leave anybody on this jazz team. Uh, you know, if you, if David talked about it, if you don't pay attention to Rudy's role, then he's going to get 20 on you with dunks. And if you do, they're going to get up 40-plus uh, three-pointers a game. And, and so much of, uh, you know, the spacing issue that the Jazz had has all been solved because, like Bogey tonight, he didn't make a three. But everybody's running at him when he shoots a three because he's got the reputation. Hey, he's a, he's a dead-eye shooter. So even tonight where he doesn't make things, just him being on the floor and guys having to space to respect him opens things for other people. I mentioned the master of the glass. Let's go ahead and get to that. Brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert, back for another great year of basketball, and proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also pr- proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound Program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate $5 for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. Rudy had nine boards tonight, so uh, out-rebounded Royce by one. But uh, tonight, you know, was not one of the better jazz rebounding performances, but then you look at it and both teams shot 50% yeah. or more. So <laughs> I don't know how many rebounds there were out there to be had. And any of them, you know, they were short. Everything was at the rim. So nothing was bouncing around. It was really kind of a controlled game that way. So that's, that's actually why those numbers look like they do. Uh, Quinn made an interesting point too on the, on the, when Rudy went to attack and that Simmons kind of got uh, a bunch of putbacks there. Another thing he just, Another thing you make a note of as a coach, and if Rudy leaves, next guy on a string comes in and has that blockout responsibility. But little things like that that you now can see and and drill, and hopefully next time you play somebody like this, you can make some improvements there. Go Where Love takes you in the all-new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru home of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. 134 to 123 is your final. We'll get your player sound coming up next right here on the Jazz Radio Network.
Jazz Game Night Post Game Show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe with you. The Jazz have won 19 out of 20 after beating the Sixers 134 to 123. Only one other team in Jazz history has won 19 out of 20. The 1997 Utah Jazz team. That that never gets old to hear. Every time you add, you know, another win to that whole thing, and man, are they playing well? And I, I don't ever, I don't want to take this for granted, you know, because this yep. is a, a special streak. It is special, and you know, tonight was. I just, uh, I know I sound like a broken record, but they find so many different ways to win ball games. It's it, it's really amazing. I mean, Philly, Philly played tough tonight. Their their two best players uh, had two of their best games of the whole season, and the Jazz win by, uh, what, they win by 11? I mean, that's pretty amazing. Ben Simmons, 42, a career high. He almost had a 40-point triple-double, 42 points, 12 assists, and 9 rebounds. Tobias Harris scored 36 and grabbed 10 rebounds. And, uh, you know, Ben only took 26 shots to get there. Uh, Tobias Harris was 14 to 24. I mean, Philly brought it. They brought it. They knew, you know, this was an opportunity, especially with no MB. There was really nothing to lose, and those uh, – Simmons and Harris just were on uh, on from the start. They went right at the Jazz. It was, it was a major, major attack game, uh, really a point A to point B game for, for Simmons, who is so good with the ball but had so much room to operate and got deep, um, and Harris just had no fear out there, played great tonight. And like you say, with all of that, um, you know, the Jazz still find a way to – uh, you know, stay in the game through all that and then make a major run to get the lead and not look back. And it really wasn't even that close. No, it wasn't. Half. It really wasn't. I mean, I guess when I, you know, we talk about, well, Philly really made a push. They got it down to six. Right. Right. And Not two. Not two. But, but seriously, in the fourth quarter, you and I are talking about what we're going to get for dinner the next night, most nights this yeah, year. Yeah, that's true. Like, we, we were pretty locked into, hey, yeah. we got to get a couple stops. So, um, great, just a, a great basketball game all the way around. Let's get a look at your points in the paint. Brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call one eight hundred Go Serta or visit SertaPro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting, you do life. Now, before we we read this, I just want to brace uh, Jazz fans for a second. Keep in mind that Ben Simmons had a career high. Before I read this stat, uh, the Jazz outscored the paint tonight, sixty six to forty eight. But that's all. I mean, that Ben Simmons had forty two, and then they don't shoot the three, right? They no. shot half the amount of threes and made we made 18 they made eight so it's just a different their style is way different than ours yeah and i i suppose when you have a team that uh, you're building around ben simmons i mean it's it's going to be that way i'm a little surprised tobias harris didn't shoot more he was three of five from three tonight uh, you know he's kind of that uh prototype. i want him to fire yeah i'd want him to get up you know double that many maybe i mean 10 10 is a lot listen but. to us now we're three point freaks. yeah all right but but I mean that's the that's part of the formula and you can look at how many threes the Jazz made. But Locke talks about this all the time. Keep an eye on those attempts because those it's going to come back to the average. I mean the Jazz shot forty percent from three tonight, which you know ten out of ten NBA teams would take every single night. Oh man, absolutely. And and the number of guys that make them that's even more important. It's not. I mean Clarkson made eight, but it's the number of guys who can make them do make them and or a threat to make them that really make your offense. All right, let's get uh, some more sound for you. Let's go back down to the media room with Joe Ingles. Tony Jones, the athletic. Joe, you were the first one like to, 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 you know, celebrate on the court when, when Royce hit that, that huge three against the clock, you know, what's Man. it like seeing his progression 
um, you know, offensively, you know, to being able to take big threes and, and make plays off the dribble. Um, I mean, I, I think it's it, it's grown and grown. Um, obviously, the more he's been out there and, and the more confident uh, he's got with those situations. Um, I, I mean, I honestly still think he needs to shoot more. I think he passes up threes at times that not necessarily hurt our team, but we sometimes don't get a better shot than him shooting a kind of that, that wing three or the, the, the corner three, which he's obviously so good at. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I've had my fair share of times that I've been told to shoot it, but he's catching up to me pretty quickly. Um, but I think, I mean, he, he's, I mean, we see him work at it every day and he's so consistent with it. Um, I don't know his numbers over the last few years, but obviously 40 plus whatever, 40 give or take. Um, yeah, I mean, I try, it's probably stupid coming from me because I always get told to shoot it when I'm open, but I, I try and get him to shoot as much as possible. We played bloody hot potato for a second there, that the end one trying to get him to shoot it. But no, we're, we're a really good team when he shoots the ball. Um, and like you said, he's he's so good at the the hard closeout and rip through and making plays, um, throwing it to Rudy on the lobs or kicking out for, for corner three. So... We, we need him to take those shots. We want him to take those shots. And, and he, I mean, he needs to take them. So he'll keep, he'll keep figuring out he's a, he's a smart dude and um, he'll keep making the right plays. Kristen Kenny, Just TV. Coach was talking about JC's energy level. Have you played oh. with anyone that has that amount of energy? I've never played with anyone like JC in my lifetime on the court or off the court. Um, yeah, he just, uh, I mean, it's its pretty cool to play with someone that's kind of so locked in, I guess, to to what his role is and so comfortable in the role that he has. He doesn't necessarily, like, I kept saying he, he got fouled on the three as I was walking up and coach told me to leave him. Then he, he won't like me saying it, but he screwed up on defense. So coach, told me to go back up there to sub him out. And then he made, I think he made a corner three right after that. And I was ready. I was ready to walk back down and give him a couple more minutes. Um, and there was a timeout right after that. And I apologized to him for subbing him out, but he, like he, he's, he was happy. Like he's, he, he's just so comfortable and happy in his role. He, he knows what we want him to do. He, he knows what he needs to do for our team. Um, regardless whether he comes in at the seven, the four, the two, he, he's, he's hot from when he gets in. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's awesome to play with a guy like that. And, um, even more cool, just, just for, like I said, for him to have a role, accept a role and, and, and be pretty darn good at his role. Uh, it, it's obviously been a, a huge impact since we got him, um, on this team. Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. So Joe, two-part question. Speaking of shooting a lot, you are shooting more this year. You're, you're taking the three more, and then uh, you're also driving inside and, and making more of your twos as well than you ever have in your career. What, what is that more spacing? I mean, kind of what are you seeing out there that's enabling you to be more aggressive and more successful? Um, I mean, I think a part of it uh, is obviously the, the role that I'm kind of in this year too. Um, usually coming off the bench, obviously with, with our full roster and kind of like JC, like just, obviously I'm, I'm happy to, to do whatever it is. And like I said, this, this year coming off the bench and um, uh, I think, like I said, last year, just being kind of in and out of the starting lineup and coming off the bench and I hadn't come off the bench for a while. 
um, since my first couple of years and just adjusting to it and picking times when I can be aggressive and when I'm spacing in the corner or whatever it is. And um, when me, I think me and Fave go in usually at the, the seven together and um, yeah, just, just trying to be as aggressive as I can in, in those moments that I, that I have a play called for me or um, I'm having to rebound it and go in transition. Um, I think just the, Kind of, like I said, like JC, just having a very uh, good, clear um, role, which I, I know what my role is. Obviously, it changes at times with with injuries or, or whatever guys in and out. But yeah, my, my standard role of, of coming off the bench, trying to be aggressive and um, kind of like I was saying about Royce, the, the guys want me to shoot, coach wants me to shoot. So when I'm open, I've just got to be be aggressive. And uh, I think the, the way we're playing this year, we're a bit more pace and trying to shoot in transition and, and get those threes up and get the rim. Um, I shot one mid-range today, which I'll probably never do again, but it obviously suits my game to, to, to get in the paint and, and create and finish or, or shoot threes. So, um, yeah, just trying to, trying to be as aggressive as I can when those, those moments come up. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Joe, you spoke about uh, Royce becoming a more confident shooter. Obviously, everyone kind of knows what he does on the other end, but he continues to show his versatility with just the sheer number of different types of guys he can guard. What can you say about, you know, what he's been doing over this last stretch, guarding everyone from Tatum to Giannis to Butler to Simmons to, you know, everyone tonight? Yeah, I mean, he, <clears throat> um, he, it's kind of, <laughs> kind of the, the same as JC on the other end of the floor. He, he accepts the, the challenge and that role. And I mean, he knows he's going to be on the, the best player, usually kind of one through four um, with all those names you've mentioned. Um, and I think it's a, like I said, like it's a big thing for somebody to accept a role um, and, and be really good at it. And he has embraced it. He, he loves the challenge of guarding whoever it is on a, a nightly basis. And, um, the other end of the floor, obviously, offensively, is, has kind of helped him even more because he's he, he like you said he shoot shoots at a forty odd percent. He, he's got that pull through and and making plays, and then he has to run back and guard the best player again. So um, yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a tough job to like I, mean, I don't all those names you just met like from Giannis to to Ben to Jimmy to. I think he guarded Jokic at times. We had him on the floor. Like whoever, whoever we need him to guard, he he takes that challenge and he he obviously studies his his film and watches what they're going to do. And I mean, he he was great. I'm obviously Ben played at a, a pretty high level tonight, getting to the rim. But um, Royce made some huge plays towards the end to 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 get us out and running. So um, yeah, I mean, he, he's got better and better as his career's gone on over the last three or four years, whatever it's been, and. Um, I hope he is ready to to keep it going because he just signed a new deal, so he's going to be here for a while. So, um, no, he's he's he he grows and and gets better and better uh, every game that we have. Last question, David Aldridge, the Athletic. Hey, Joe. Um, you all have had stretches over the years where you've been really, you know, you've been efficient offensively and good offensively, but you're you're clearly at a different level this year as a team offensively. And I wonder when you came to realize that this might be sustainable, that this wasn't just like a hot streak for a couple of games, that this was something that you could really maintain through a long chunk of the season. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I remember having conversations with coach last season about it. And after we got JC and obviously knew what he brings offensively with the, the guys that we already had. Um, and obviously last year with, with Mike in and out, we traded for JC at whatever period that was and, and just try to find our groove. We were, we were a different team than we had been the previous couple of years. And, um, we kept saying like, just imagine if we were all shooting well and, and playing kind of that free flowing, like that, that's tough to guard. We got four guys out there that can make shots. I don't know what percentage we all shoot, but, but at, at a pretty high percentage. And then we've got Rudy and Fave on the rim. Um, and we, we've talked about it for a while. I think last year was tough. Obviously, like I said, with, with injuries guys in now at the bubble, we have a, we have a break, we get back. Last year was a, a bit of a mess, but um it kind of came back up again this year. Like we were all healthy at the start and we could see it coming together in, in preseason and, and playing. And then obviously the, the confidence from, from coach to, he can talk or tell us to, to run and shoot as much as he wants, but we have to kind of hold each other accountable. And th there's been games where all he'll say in a timeout or pregame is like, let's run offensively when we get a, a rebound or, a, or off a make, like let's push the ball and shoot threes. And, it probably took us a little while those first few games. I, I don't know what our record was early, but obviously wasn't. We were four and four or three and three or whatever we were. And yeah. uh, I think throughout the the course of the year, we've got more and more confident from the style that we're playing and having the confidence for for me to kick it up to Royce and him shoot it in the first six seconds or Donovan or whoever it is. So uh, I mean, it's taken time, but but I think we're starting to see the the benefits of playing the way we're playing with with the lineup that we've got and. I mean, we've still obviously got Mike to come back and, um, yeah, we'll just keep keep doing what we're doing, keep pushing the ball um, and, and keep playing the way we the way we want to play. All right. Thank you, Joe. There you go. Joe Ingles talking about a number of different things, certainly why uh, he's shooting a little bit more, had some high praise certainly for Royce O'Neal and Jordan Clarkson as well. It, Joe just seems like he's in, a, in an absolute uh, comfortable spot, and he, he alluded to it. I mean, last year was hard for him. It was hard for Mike. It was an adjustment. Um, but Joe, really, in that first half, particularly when Philly kind of made that run, Joe just got everything settled down and just got the guys to run possession by possession, made the guys, you know, made easy plays. Um, you know, he talked about the pull-up. He actually made a pull-up, too, um, in that first half that, that kind of settled the run. And I, I think that he's just in a, in a great spot. As tough as this has been, you know, have Mike out and for Mike to be out, uh, this has actually been a really good thing for Joe, I think, to to feel this and and have you know this kind kind of outcome uh, is, is is really nice to see. Eight of twelve tonight for Joe. Two of five from three. Two of two at the line. He had five assists, three rebounds, a steal, a block to go along with twenty points. I mean, just playing out of his mind. Yeah, and he just you know he understands. He talked about it. You know, he wants guys to shoot. And and Jordan commented. Um, in the, in the broadcast today on one of the player profiles that Amanda S Smith did, uh, he just talked about how this team is so, um, you know, they, they actually get more joy when somebody else does something and they are, can set somebody up, and, and we see that. So, um, you know, Joe's just kind of – right now he's the linchpin to get that all started. Energy and synergy, I think, is, is – Energy what? and synergy. Is that was the famous quote that night. How Jordan Clarkson put it. And, you know, Joe said right there he's never played with somebody like Jordan on or off the floor. I mean, talked about um, – and, and that's something you and I have hit on quite a bit, but his, his addition to this club was a benefit in the locker room as well as on the floor. Oh, yeah. there's we, We've talked about it many times, you know, over the, the course of a couple of years here, but he is a guy who brings – 
everybody together. You know, he, he gets in that locker room, and he, he's a unifier. The, the locker room's stronger this year than it was last year, and I think a big part of that is Jordan. I think so, too, uh, 100%. And in a weird way, and this I don't mean to go off on a tangent on this, but uh, I remember a topic conversation before the bubble amidst all the reported turmoil and uh, unsalvageable and all that mess. You know, we talked about how the bubble could either be really good for a team for chemistry and coming together and spending all that time together, maybe get some issues on the table and work through it, or it could be really, really bad. It could bad. be the Clippers. Right, or it could be the Clippers, <laughs> where it just all comes apart. Yeah. It, that happened to the Bucks too, yeah. where their team, they were distracted by some other things going on uh, back in Milwaukee and in Wisconsin, and all of a sudden, you know, they kind of fell apart too. And the Jazz, even though they had a tough loss to the Clippers, it seems like, and, and this is just me speculating here, but they worked through a lot of their issues and they came together. And I have no doubt that Jordan Clarkson was a part of that. I mean, I, this is kind of a funny video, but that that video that was tweeted out of him shotgunning the beers or whatever, which it was amazing how good he was at that. But it was like the whole team was around and just kind of vibing. Royce O'Neal was hanging out in like a kiddie pool or something like that. It was just one of those, you know, you, you can tell that he has that positive impact that brings everybody together. Well, and Quinn's mentioned many times how the bubble has been, you know, that's what they look back to. Yeah. And you think about, you know, Donovan t- said it a bunch too, right? Yeah, yeah. The, t- the tough things happen in your life. And that was certainly abnormal. You know, nobody wanted to do that. Um, guys were away, but they found ways to make that really productive. And that was, you know, gave them a real jump start into the season. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, Go Where Love takes you in the all-new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback. Available now, Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Coming up next, we will let you hear from Jordan Clarkson as the Jazz win tonight over the Philadelphia 76ers. They won 19 of 20, 134 to 123, right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show here on the Jazz Radio Network, brought to you by Mark Miller's Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Your final, Jazz beat the Sixers 134-123. Uh, let's check out your three-point feature, sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. Tonight, the Jazz, very good from three, 18 of 45, good for 40%, led, of course, by Jordan Clarkson, who set a franchise record with eight made three-pointers, eight of 13 from three. Uh, Royce O'Neal was three of seven. Joe Ingles, two of five. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, two for eight. George Niang, two of four. Hit a couple big ones coming in off the bench. Mie Oni was one of two tonight. Boyan Bogdanovich was 0 for six, so he struggled a little bit. But even that, I mean, just goes to show you, no Mike Conley, Bogdanovich struggles, and the Jazz still win by 11. I mean, they've the, the depth on this team is certainly a huge, huge storyline this year. Yeah, the depth, the, um, the the synergy and energy all coupled together. Uh, I thought it was interesting what David said in Crosstalk. Uh, if you look at a box score, you know, you and I now for sure, you look at a box score and you survey a couple of different numbers, and obviously this year one of the first things we look at is how many threes did they get up because that's kind of been a thing that, you know, they're, they're trying to get to 40, 50 threes a night. And so tonight you see, you know, hey, these guys were hell-bent on not letting Rudy touch the ball inside. They weren't going to give you anything in the paint, which is a little surprising because I thought with Embiid in there that that might be the case. Um, but they did a pretty good job of keeping the Jazz, uh, you know, out of the out of the paint. But, man, they, they were able to really get the three-point shot going, um, you know, move the ball 
beat the defense and get those shots. I mean, these the Sixers had 12 offensive rebounds to the Jazz seven. They took 94 total shots to the Jazz 86. I mean, you know, those three-point shots are the difference in the game. I mean, the Jazz made a few more uh, free throws, 26 to 31. By the way, you got to like that 31 number, not bad. Uh, the Sixers 21 to 24. So, I mean, those, as usual, those three-point shots are the, are the absolute difference in the game. Yeah, and I do love that 31 number. I, I just actually looked in the break there, and the Jazz are moving up quickly uh, in the league in free throws attempted per game. I think um, at one point we looked and they were dead last yep, earlier in the season, and they've moved their way up to 14 right now, I think. Um, so they're they're climbing that ladder, and it's been really uh, – it has to be something they've emphasized because they're definitely getting there more. All right, let's uh, let's get some more post-game sound. We also have some stats coming in from our friend Tyson Ewing, so stay tuned for that. But let's go back to the media room where Jordan Clarkson is addressing the media. Yeah. All right, we'll get started with a question from Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Hey, Jordan, when we were talking to Quinn and Joe, Quinn said that he didn't know if he could think of another player that plays as confidently as you. And Joe said that he's never played with anyone like you before. When you hear those things, first of all, what do you think? And also, what gives you that confidence and that energy to play the way that you do? Uh, probably the biggest thing for me is, you know, with, with them saying that, them believing in me, uh, letting me be myself and embracing me, it's kind of just playing the whole whole role into who I am. I mean, that gives me confidence in its own. Um, those guys always come over to the bench and tell me to keep shooting. And even when I'm having an off night, uh, even when I'm hot, they still tell me to shoot the ball no matter what. Uh, telling me to make the play. Um, it gives me that confidence is just, you know, my teammates, uh, coaching staff, just everybody uh, continuously talking to me, uh, continuously embracing who I am. And, you know, it's just it's just love. And, you know, I, I really appreciate that and happy that, you know, they embrace me like that. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. KC, when you checked in tonight, you guys had only – 10 points at the time, and then you drill four three-pointers by yourself in the first three minutes that you're in there. Do you ever feel any extra urgency, like kind of with the situation of the game like that, or does it simply come down to, as Quinn said, that you're just not bashful whatsoever? Um, at the end of the day, I'm just doing what, you know, Coach Preach and what we – uh tell each other in the locker room and, you know, come in the game, be aggressive, uh, take the shots that are available. Um, and that's what it is at the end of the day. I'm just coming in, uh, doing what coach is telling me to do and what my teammates trust me to do. And, you know, that's take shots and try to make plays. And I think that doesn't, that never changes. If we're up by 20, if we down by 15, uh, I think my role is kind of, um, you know, who I am. Matt Cole's AP. Can you describe what it feels like when you're in the zone like you were tonight, Jordan? Um, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I didn't even – I was just – like Keon uh, Doolin came over and said, uh, oh, yeah, and you you shooting it. You uh, you making shots tonight. I said, man, I'm not even paying attention. I'm just, I'm just shooting the shots that are available and, you know, they're going in. Um, 
and at the end of the day, you know, I, I thank Fave, I thank all my teammates, period, just for keep feeding me and, uh, you know, keep playing our style of basketball. If it wasn't for my teammates, the coaching staff, anybody, the system that we got in play, none of this, the, the 40 points off the bench, none of these plays, the situation that I'm in wouldn't happen. Um, and, you know, it's a test to uh, who we are as a team and, um, you know, just straight respect for, for coach, his system, uh, and how he wants us to play. Because anybody on our team uh, from the guard standpoint and, and from the base can go and get numbers. Um, you know, we all have the freedom to go do that. So uh, definitely um, a sign of respect and um, love that's, that's shared through our team. Al Campbell, UtahJazz.com. Hey, Jordan. So a huge game tonight, and it was capped off with an old-fashioned water, um, water bottle celebration. Uh, can you speak to that moment and then just ending uh, this homestand on such a high note? Um, it was good. We just on to the next one. Uh, I tried to run from Don. I, I, I got to keep my braids in my head for this road trip. Um, so I was trying to get out of the way a little bit. Still got me, but uh, it's always great um, to have your you know, star, embrace you. Um, and, you know, we just got to keep it going. Like I said, we on to the next one. By the time I leave this arena, we forgetting about it and uh, putting our mind to the uh, Clippers. All right, that's all. Thank you, Jordan. Jordan Clarkson, career night for JC, coming in off the bench, 40 points on 13 of 20 shooting, 8 of 13 for three. How funny is that, though, was trying to avoid Donovan Mitchell and the water bottle, of course, uh, which has kind of become a tradition on this jazz team. <laughs> Saying, I've got a, I've got the braids for the road trip. I was trying to avoid protect Donovan. these braids, man. I get it. That's awesome. I get it That's as somebody so cool. who's growing their hair out, man. It's a sacred cow up there. Yeah. You can't mess with it. <laughs> that's that's terrific but Clarkson I mean it, there's a guy who plays with the who knows he has the confidence of his teammates and I like that part uh, where he was talking about how he didn't really even know I mean he's not really you know he's just gonna go out there and do his thing you think about the basketball purgatory this dude was in in Cleveland in Cleveland yeah and early on it was uh still beeline that was there right yep. he was playing on the beeline yep. trying to figure out how that was all gonna work and you know, one little switch, and he comes to a uh, an organization that it has this unbelievable need for somebody off the bench, and then he has this connection with all the guys and a really solid connection with the head coach. And you know, I think he and Quinn have done amazing uh, things together, and it just is uh, like like we said, it's just a nightly thing. I I think the new nickname for him needs to be like the flamethrower or something because he comes in just ready to rip. Well, his his career is really interesting because he started off with the Lakers, and it was during the the Laker downtime when things uh, were not quite so good, and then he ends up in Cleveland because Le, uh, the Cavs, in a last ditched effort to get LeBron a championship caliber team, they make that hail mary trade at the deadline uh, that also involved Rodney Hood, if you remember back to that oh, yeah. uh, when the Jazz moved him, and uh, Clarkson ends up on that Cleveland team and makes that playoff run with LeBron. And then all of a sudden goes, you know, LeBron leaves and he's just kind of the leftover pieces there in Cleveland as they head into a rebuild. And he just kind of, uh, you know, does his thing and ends up on this jazz team and now is, is on a winner. I mean, he's really only been on that uh, Cleveland team that made that run is really the only winning squad he's been on throughout his career. Now he comes here where 
Um, you know, last year they won a, a little more than I think he was used to, and he's a big part of it. And now they're they're taking it to the next level, and it's just amazing that he can come in and have these impacts in in games. It's just uh, we've got several stats involving him coming up in our our little stat segment, but he is he has found the perfect fit for himself here in Utah. And the last thing I'll say about him is is I have noticed a major commitment to the defensive end from him. Yep, he's doing a way better job. Really focused and uh, has definitely through that and his shot selection, kind of carving that up and, and figuring it out. He's become a much better player this year. All right, our boy Tyson has a bunch for us tonight. So, uh, are you ready? I am seat belted in. Our friend Tyson Ewing does stats uh, for the TV broadcast, AT and T Sportsnet. You can follow him on Twitter at ty ewing two. That's at t y e w i n g two. All right, here we go. Jordan Clarkson becomes just the fourth jazz man off the bench to ever score 40-plus in a game. Now, do you want to take uh, – I'll give you a guess at who the last jazz player to do that was. And I'll, I'll even give you another hint here. It was back in 1988, March 14, 1988, at Denver. So almost 33 years ago. 1988 was my senior year of high school. This player had 41. 1988. I don't want to embarrass myself here. If you don't get it, you'll kick Adrian yourself. Adrian Dantley. Ooh, good guess. Uh, Thorough oh, big, oh. big T Bailey coming in off the I bench. I even know him, 41. too. Yeah. He's a good pal. Sorry, Big T. Man, T was good back in the day. How many did he have? 41. He had his jersey number. Yeah, there you go. <clears throat> All right. Uh, Jordan is the first bench player to score 40-plus this season. And uh, the last since Austin Rivers did it in the bubble on August 9th. Uh, this is just the 49th time in league history where a bench player scores 40. Yeah, we're seeing it. We just, every night we get on here, we say something more cool, more superlative. Uh, let's see here. First time this season where the Jazz have won when a player doesn't have 10 plus rebounds, just the second time all season it's happened. I did notice that was rare, but. Like we said, there were a lot of makes tonight. Uh, let's see here. Uh, this was the first time where the Jazz have won a game when a player uh, doesn't have 10-plus rebounds since March 6th at Boston of last year. This was Joe's seventh start this season. When he starts, this is great, Tim. You'll love this. He's he's scoring 16.7 points per game. He's 25 of thir- uh, 51 Excuse me, from three and averaging 5.3 assists. Like, unbelievable. What a line. What a line. Uh, First time in Royce O'Neal's career with back-to-back three steal games. Uh, Ben Simmons had a career uh, high while Tobias Harris had his uh, highest scoring game of, uh, second highest scoring game of his career, but still wasn't enough. Those two combined for 78 points. Then they were, they were up for tonight. You could tell that they, that this was, hey, we're going to go try to steal one. And they played like it. Uh, This was Jordan Clarkson's 70th game in a Jazz uniform. He has now scored 20 or more in 21 of those games. Uh, That uh, means he scores 20-plus once every three games. Uh, Dante Exum was in a Jazz uniform for 215 games. He scored 20-plus points three times. He scored 20-plus points once every 72 games. Round ball robbery. More uh, more comparison, Jordan Clarkson has scored 1,165 points in a Jazz uniform in 70 games. 
Dante Exum scored a total of 1,231 points in a Jazz uniform in 215 games. Jordan is on pace to pass Dante Exum in scoring by next week. 16.6 average in, a, in his Jazz career. So that's uh, he'll pass 1,231 in four games if he averages that. Unbelievable. Uh, let's see. Just a reminder of that trade. Jazz traded Exum a 2022 second-round draft pick, a 2023 second-round draft pick for Jordan Clarkson. So we got to wait to see what those second-round picks are before we determine. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a pretty good trade. And finally, we'll wrap it up with this one. Fourth straight game with 20-plus free throws made. Let's go. And seventh time in the last 10 games. Thought you'd like that. One. Look at free throws, twos, threes, all his investment accounts, right? You want to be able to be diversified. You got to get some from everywhere. And if you can get some from everywhere, it's hard to stop. It's hard for teams to stop you. That that uh, Exum Clarkson comparison is is just eye-opening. And you know what? Not fair to Dante either. I mean, not that uh, Dante set the world on fire was while he was here, but Jordan has just been. Yeah. I mean, but I'm telling you, dude, that's the, the the secret to life is you know they both have an, had an opportunity, right? And Jordan Clarkson, the timing and everything just clicked. Yeah. And not to say Dante wasn't a great player, great teammate. His time here just didn't. You know, uh, sometimes you you hit the right timing, and sometimes you don't. I guess the one that that uh, blows me away is that Ben Simmons had a career high 42. Tobias Harris had the second highest point total in his career at 36, and they still lost by 11. So I just got a text from David Locke. Uh oh. So he's listening. Hi, David. Hi, Dave. Uh, he said he tried to call in, but this is interesting. On the 41 points that Thurl got, he got 41 because Carl was ejected in the first minute of the game. <laughs> <laughs> so, so again. An opportunity arose. Yes, it did. Big T stood up and, you know, he probably wouldn't be the broadcaster he is without that 41. But to do some, Jordan Clarkson did some tonight. Well, it's never happened in jazz history, making eight three-pointers, but it hasn't happened in 33 years since the great Thurl Bailey did it in 1988. Right. That's crazy. Congrats to Jordan. And I'm telling you, he's an absolute joy to watch compete, but I love listening to him talk more. It, he he's just you can tell he would just be an awesome dude to hang with. Oh man, are you kidding? Good vibe tribe. Sign me up. I'm in. Yep, I'm there too. All right, go where love takes you in the all new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru Utah, uh, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. 134 to 123 is your final. We'll get Coach Lacombe's keys to the game tonight, or keys to the game tonight. What is this, pregame? Uh, Final thoughts on this one coming up right around the corner. And speaking of David Locke, we'll get your play of the game straight ahead right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Gobert comes up to set a back pick on Green to try to free O'Neal. Instead, they go to top to Ingles. He sets a pick for Joe. Joe swings through O'Neal. He bobbles. Six on the clock. This possession's not going anywhere. Rudy flares at Ingles. He gets in the paint, gives it back to Royce, gets the three off in time, and hits! Rolls Royce! Oh, the play of the game. Brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service, sales, and selection. LHMauto.com, driven by you. David Locke on the call. 
Royce O'Neal with some big three-pointers in the fourth quarter to put this one away. It's your Jazz Game Night postgame show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. 134-123 to 123 is your final. The Jazz have now won 19 out of their last 20 basketball games. And uh, Royce, three for seven from three, actually three for seven from the field and pick the right time to drain those three. Yeah, just in great patience on that last play. You know, the, as the shot clock ran down, that reminded me of some bad memories against the St. Mary's Gales. They were unbelievable at shot clock getting under seven and actually that being a weapon for them as opposed to somewhere they panic. And Joe did a great job even holding that ball one second longer and then throwing that great pass. Hell yeah, Joe just looks more and more like a magician with oh, each yeah. passing game. He's a wizard, man. Um, and and I, my thoughts are I go back to – you know, we're sitting here uh, Sunday, the 7th of February, and we get that early game on Super Bowl Sunday against Indiana. And we finish, you know, we're kind of in this segment of that Indiana post game, and we're looking ahead. And we're saying, okay, well, we're going to know a lot about this team over the next six games. And went down the whole list, you know, hey, Boston and Giannis, uh, Miami's coming in and Philly. And we're at the end of that with four wins. And just, uh, you know, inspiring play. Each game you could talk about little segments of it that were, you know, just kind of game-changing. Uh, the Milwaukee game, obviously, it played as good as, as they played all year. Rudy was phenomenal. <clears throat> but what more can be said? I mean, they just keep passing these challenges. Now, these, this next one's real. The Clippers, yeah. who, who won tonight without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, by the way. Right, so they, they rested, they're rested up. Um, and, and it's two games at their place. I love that they got a game day in between because I actually believe that really plays to uh, the Jazz favor because I just have so much uh, respect and confidence for the way that, uh, that Quinn and his staff prepare game plans. So that will be a really interesting day in between to take all of the the, the things that happened that day and, and add some wrinkles to it for the next. So that those that'll be a really interesting part of that that back to back. The Clippers won tonight, by the way, uh, 125 to 118 over the Miami Heat. Uh, Marcus Morris had um, 32 points tonight for the Clippers. And your guy, Zubats, had 22 coming in off the bench. So getting a win over the Heat without Kawhi and Paul George. I, I love Zubats. Is that why you say he's my guy? Or, or Who doesn't love Zubats, man? Yeah. He's, a, he's a key player I'll for bet, them, too. I bet by some the of those people are commenting on the stuff you're reading from Philly don't like Zubats. Oh yeah, the, probably treat him the like Reddit, Joe Ingles. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, the Philly, the Philly uh, Reddit thread was all time. Miami was, you know, they called him a chimney sweep. That was like G-rated compared. That was Barry Poppins stuff compared to the Hickory Dickory Doc stuff we got coming yeah, in tonight. The, the Philly fans, they, were, they got a little, a little blue. Yeah, yeah, a little blue. A little Andrew blue. Dice Clay blue. Um, <laughs> it's entertaining though. No, it's, and if if you're out there and you listen, I've gotten a couple of, of nice. Uh, tweets tonight thank you for listening because we we have a blast um but this i mean what, what could be more fun than talking about this jazz team yeah no kidding all right just a, a quick review of the stats if you're just jumping into your car at 10 55 p.m we're sorry if you're just jumping into your car at 10 50 you'll probably work in the overnight which i used to do occasionally hey he's, they're fun. just with us man uh, we yeah, gotta you drive have, tonight there are people no doubt all right uh benson is tonight a career high 42 points he had 12 assists and uh, nine rebounds uh tobias harris with the second highest scoring output of his career with 36 points he had 10 rebounds and the jazz still won by 11 
It just is is absolutely remarkable to me. Uh, behind 40 points from Jordan Clarkson coming in off the bench, 13 of 20 was 8 of 13 from three, which is a new franchise uh, record eight makes from him. Donovan Mitchell, 24 points on nine of 24 shooting, five assists and three rebounds for uh, for Donovan. Joe Ingles, 20 points, five assists, three boards. Joe was absolutely terrific. And then 11 apiece for Boyan, Royce, and Rudy. How about Rudy? I mean, you know, we started off the postgame doing crosstalk with David talking about this, that you can look at how many attempts Rudy gets and and tell exactly what defense the other team is playing. Rudy was just a perfect three for three from the field, 11 points, nine boards. He had two block shots, five of eight from free throw line, and absolutely affected the game in a number and, of different ways. And probably ways. set about 981 screens, you know. <laughs> That's the part of this whole, like, you know, we, we get used to watching a game, but think about the number of times that that dude runs from the block, sprints up, you know, whatever it is from the block up 24 feet and on a dead sprint and sets himself for a pick and then rolls hard and gets whacked around. And then maybe in the same possession, he's going to run out there and set another one. It's, it's crazy to watch how much that dude runs and how much he facilitates everybody else to get open. All right, Tim, give us a few final thoughts before we close the book on this one. Just, uh, a great basketball game. I think that the, the, the way I'll remember this game, there was a, a great energy in the building. Um, you know, a couple hustle plays early in the game, and the crowd was, we could hear it through, you know, the, the, the open doors into our studio. And, it, again, it's, it's inspiring to hear that. It's, it's awesome to, just to know that this is uh, something that a lot of people are enjoying. But it was a great basketball game. I thought that Philly – you know, minus Embiid really did give the Jazz as good a shot as they could possibly give them, and you know, Jazz answered all of the, all of those pushes and in, in, in with runs of their own. Again, they go on another 10-0 run uh, tonight. In what did David say? There's 16 and 0 right? now, 17 and 0, I think. I think they were 16 and 0. Now uh, it's 17. Now it's 17, I believe. Yeah. But I, I do agree. Going, you know, we had the conversation about a 10-0 run, just how unique that is, and they. They don't make it unique because every night it seems like David says it. So just uh, looking forward, like I said, to the, the L.A. series, this is going to be uh, obviously people talk about the best teams in the West, the two L.A. teams, and, and the Jazz are on the, the top of everybody's tongue. And um, so this will be – we'll know that those dudes will be locked in and ready for the Jazz, and certainly the Jazz will be ready for them. And uh, like I said, the, the neat little part of this is that day in between in the second time because you're going to almost foreshadow – a playoff series of kind of how the the rhythm of how those work. This is a real inside joke for uh, loyal post game fans only, but uh, Jordan Clarkson uh, tonight had zero rebounds and somehow the jazz found a way to win. Cause as we know, he needs to get four rebounds and it's almost, guaranteed. that's when I'm, I am totally comfortable. <laughs> the, the buzzer goes off for the four rebound game. <laughs> It's a W. Mark it down. Yep. Somehow we're we able sweat to pull that out. one to the end. <laughs> and we kept saying, get a rebound, Jordan. Okay, just make it three. It's fine. <laughs> all right. We want to say thanks to David Locke and Ron Boone calling all the action for us tonight. Uh, terrific work by them, as always. Uh, thanks to Amanda Smith, our broadcast assistant tonight. Thanks to Alex Lundberg. Lundy, executive producer of Yo. Jazz Game Night. Big thanks to Alex, as usual. Thanks to the title sponsor of the post-game show. That's Mark Miller's Subaru. Go where love takes you in the all-new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback. Available now, Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. And, of course, thanks, thank you, Tim. Happy President's Day, buddy. It's President's Day for another 10 seconds. Um, 
I was going to say, so the Jazz are still undefeated when Jordan Clarkson gets four rebounds except for when he makes eight threes. That's the okay, exemption that's, on the four. That's what we've got. So All we right. just got to make good to know the addendum rule to that now. <laughs> All right. Uh, your final tonight, the Jazz beat the Sixers. They've now won 19 of their last 20. 134 to 123 is your final. Up next, Jazz take on the Los Angeles Clippers in L.A. Wednesday night. That game will tip off at 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 7, and, of course, you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.